Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadjassad and with me as always is my good friend and fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners. Greetings to everyone. In case this is the first time you've listened to this podcast, thank you for trying something new. Ben and I are a pair of automotive journalists. We want to talk to you about some of the cool and exciting cars that we've been driving lately, as well as some of the neat things that we've been noticing in the industry. But before we do that, I'm going to take the time to plug all of Ben's wonderful content that he's been doing lately. So, Ben, please tell me some of the cool work that you've been doing and uh, where some of our listeners can find it. You can find my work at Motor Trend, at Super Street, Haggerty Classic Car, and Driving Line. Beautiful. I love all of those publications. You should get a subscription if they're a print-based publication, or you should just go to the website. Right, Ben? Whatever you want to do, I'm completely comfortable with. <laughs> and as for me, you can find most of my work at autoguide.com, as well as autotrader.ca. Um, and I'm looking forward to having even more content on all of those sites in the very near future. In fact, some of the stories that we're going to be talking about Today, we'll be on that site, autotrader.ca. So, Ben, I'm going to take it away because I went to a new place I've never been before. Would you like to hear about it? Yes. Okay, you're going to anyways, even if you said no, because I'm sure everyone else wants to hear about it. I went to Japan, although I've done that before. This time, I'm going to the Tokyo Motor Show, and this is the first time I've ever attended the Tokyo Motor Show. And I thought that was really uh, interesting. But I did that as a guest of Toyota. And in the lead up to the Tokyo Motor Show, they got to sit us down and show us some of the interesting things that they're planning for the next few years. And I'm very excited to talk to you about some of it because I know none of it will resonate with you in particular, Ben. Well, why is that? Is uh, I'm assuming it has a lot of robot content. and it, there, it's. There's an extreme amount of robot content. Well, I'm into that as long as, you know, they're on our side. (laughs) Okay, so the big thing that Toyota is really working on between now and actually the end of next year is that they're planning to make a really big show for the uh, 2020 Tokyo Olympics. That's where they want want to show a bank. Uh, Or maybe that's not, not a great way to put it. They really want to show off what they can do. They want people to watch the Olympics, see all this crazy Toyota stuff, and then go, wow. That's really cool. I'm sure that's exactly what they're planning. That's, that's on. the only reaction they want. They're like, "Oh, that's cool," and then never buy a Toyota, right? That's <laughs> okay. So let me let me tell you. Um, and they showed us all this stuff at the Tokyo Motor Show as well. So they've got these robots. First of all, a robot Here we that go. yeah, you're gonna love this. A robot that can go and retrieve a heavy item like the discus <laughs> or the hammer or the or an awkward item like the javelin. During the javelin toss. Okay, so this is... So here's how it works. It doesn't actually retrieve the item. Somebody runs, gets the item, and puts it onto this this retrieval robot. Bam. And then it drives it over back to the athlete. So it's basically... It's a a self-driving golf cart. Am I getting this right? Is that what it is? (laughs) It's very small, actually. It's about the size of a... Um, you know a dog? A small dog. Essentially a small dog. <laughs> okay, well you said, you know, discus. And I just looked up what a discus weighs. Do you know what a discus yeah. weighs? What does it weigh? It weighs 4.4 pounds. <laughs> yeah! They're pretty heavy, man. Yeah, that's definitely something that we need a robot to deal with. 
Here's my well, other I mean, question. A non-athlete would go and pick up this. Uh, I mean, a, a hammer. If I remember correctly, the hammer toss is actually a little heavy, and so they would go and they pick this up, and they'd have to run it over as fast as they can back to the athlete so they can compete again. And that's probably tiring, and probably wears out some people uh, really quickly. Yeah, you know, like at a competition designed to showcase humanity's most uh, impressive athletic achievements. Why would we want any human being to do any form of lifting whatsoever? <laughs> why why would we want to take the spotlight off of the human athletes and show that maybe someone else could have also lifted that hammer? Which, okay, which so- incidentally weighs 16 pounds. <laughs> it's heavy, man. It's okay, like a cat. So- it's like a large cat. A very large cat. And I'm telling you, there is still lifting involved. This robot does not actually pick anything up. The person runs. The robot follows it. Then the person stops. Then they load the robot with this item, and then it drives back to the to the athlete. So the robot's been cha- trained to chase a person. Yeah. <laughs> that is terrifying. It's wonderful, and you and I both know it. Another thing that Toyota showed us, which I'm not sure that they're going to have at the Tokyo uh, Olympics, is a, uh, a retrieval robot, kind of like a, a human assistance robot. So basically what it is is this robot on wheels. It's got one arm, a very... Nice articulated arm, and it's got a couple of cameras and sensors. And so if you were to give the robot something, um, it could hold it and maybe take it to somebody else or something like that. Um, Let's really – yes? Let's go back to the chasing robot for a second. (laughs) Could you put the retrieval robot on top of the chasing robot and then the robots together chase you down? And, and maybe pick up the discus and hammer and, and thing. Or pick up something like your eyeball. <laughs> or, out of my out of my. Skull. Or maybe the robot wants a second arm and it decides it's going to take yours. Yeah, maybe. I the mean, thing is, this robot has really good um, depth perception. Oh, and, great. <laughs> and stop it. And... <laughs> And re- is really uh, finely tuned with its uh, its grip motors, so that it won't uh, it won't hurt anybody in this process. It can, and it can also tell when something is hot or cold. So if you were to ask it to get you, let's say, a cup of tea, it won't uh, burn you with it. I mean, it's totally gonna burn you with it, but it's gonna do it on purpose. It's not gonna be an accident. That's. Can it fire a laser pistol? Is it that no, good? <laughs> I'm not sure. It doesn't have fingers. It just has like a pincer grip, right? okay. like a clamp. That might be hard. I like mean, clamps. When that clamp closes on your throat, it's not gonna matter whether. Well, I, I guess that's how it knows when you're dead. <laughs> because no, so you're no longer like warm. Pressure sensitive grip, so yeah. it knows when, when there's s- like a lot of resistance and how much resistance is needed. Um, to gr- to hold something appropriate. So it's a robot that can identify when you're struggling. You know, and will help you. I yeah, it'll totally. You're not help liking you. this robot talk. We can talk about cards. You, you know, prefer. the robot that chases you. I've read that. Um, <laughs> Retrieval never, robot. What's that? Retrieval robot. I I I've read that you should never run from a robot. You should turn and face it down. And that's because if you run, you're just going to die tired. And if you if you face it down, there's a chance that the robot will accept your dominance. I mean, it's a very slim chance, but it's still there. I was really curious about these robots because you and I, I don't know what our, I, actually, I really don't know your, your, your view on robots or other things in society. But if, let's say. We've never know, had a conversation outside of this podcast, just no, for the listeners who are out there. 
I was talking to another journalist there and they, you know, the the Toyota Research Institute was really like high on these robots. You know, these things can go and do your grocery shopping for you or something like that. <laughs> uh, and I was looking at it and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I think if somebody saw this at the grocery or walking from home from the grocery store, they'll just like push it over or something. Wait, and does that's it walk it. or does it roll? It rolls. Okay. And I don't know. I, I wanted to ask them, you so, know, what do you think society's like acceptance will be of these robots rolling around? Um, I don't know if people will be totally up to to see all of these things. And I think there's also a lot of social uh, or status to talk about when it comes to, you know, a person who owns a robot to retrieve things for them. I'm sure that person will be seen as like uh, in a higher class than the non-robot owning people well i what i like about the idea of this rolling robot now that i think about it is if i am being chased all i have to do is find some stairs <laughs> yeah i know and it, it and because it has such good depth perception it wouldn't pursue you down the stairs but anyway, i guess it would just like wait at the top <laughs> or bottom of the it can stairs. wait forever it, it's like that scene in Terminator where she's like, he would never come home hungry or drunk and hit my child. He would never be too tired to play with John. That's what that robot is like. It's like well, a Terminator that can't go upstairs. It, so here's the thing. It it runs on a battery. It's not like this. Uh, it doesn't have some internal fusion motor that lasts forever. Well, not like, oh, yet. Yeah, not yet. Not as far as I understand. And it needs to go and charge itself uh, every once in a while. And that's all I know about that situation. Did they explain what the charging was and, and how many human souls it requires to charge? <laughs> I, I don't have those uh, notes right now. I'm sorry. So you went, you went to Tokyo, all the way to Tokyo. But you know what? Hold on. There's still there's still some application. There are automotive applications for some of these robots, especially this gripping robot, which I think would be great in uh, parking lots that have uh, electric charging stations. And you know how sometimes when you go to an electric charging station, I know this happens to you all the time, Ben, and you just never have the, uh, you never say anything. You usually leave a nice note. Like grip strength um, is terrible. <laughs> no, not that problem. Um, if you go to a, an electric charging or a, a parking lot with a few electric charging um, stations and you notice that somebody's car is there and it's probably like full, right? It's got a full battery, but it's still plugged in. What do you do, right? Do you go and you unplug it and you plug it into this into your car? Yeah, I, mean, I, have a, I have a machete. <laughs> you chop off the, the cable? Yeah. I think that this would be a really neat, like, plug attendant um, that can go around and unplug people's cars and plug them into the appropriate car that's needed. So you're saying this robot is going to take jobs from human plug attendants? Are there plug attendants? Well, I don't know, but there won't be in your future. I guess. Um, so uh, that's the only automotive application then. It has good grip strength. It has grip strength. It has good depth perception. So we can use it as some type of plug attendant thing. And that's a trip to Japan for you. What else did you learn? Oh, no, hold on. We did all sorts of other things. Um, and, and I mean, that retrieval robot, man, wouldn't that be great if your car could go and to the postal store and get your package? The postal store? I don't know. The postal? The post office. What do you call it? Uh, post office, like everyone oh, yeah. else. I don't trust a robot with my mail. Are you kidding? That's personal and sensitive stuff. But it doesn't read it. It just it just opens its little receptacle area and uh, the, the post office worker puts it in there. Or who might be a grip robot. So now there's – not only do we not have – um, parking lot attendants in your future, but we don't have post office workers anymore. They're they're just faceless robots with good grip <laughs> and depth perception. And depth You're missing. Perception. 
Yeah, they'd be able to place that properly. Okay. Um, let's get to the actual car stuff. I'm sure we've lost all of our listeners Everyone by now. Everyone has tuned out, except for like the two or three robot listeners. Shout out to our stainless steel audience. <laughs> um, so let's talk about some of the cars. First of all, Toyota showed, uh, for the first time ever, production intended, intended uh, battery electric vehicles. However... The way they describe battery electric vehicles and the way we perceive battery electric vehicles, very different. Um, when you and I say, oh, that's, a, that's an electric car, we, it, we think that this is a vehicle that we can use every day on the roads um, for all sorts of commuting duty. However, Toyota has some limitations on what they think will be appropriate for their um, electric cars, particularly size and speed of these vehicles. So the one that it has is this 2020, they just call it so far, the Ultra Compact BEV. And it can travel 100 kilometers on a single charge, approximately 60 miles, and will reach a maximum speed of 60 kilometers an hour. Which, as far as you, you, you know what, for me and you, very different intentions from, you know, replacing an actual vehicle that we would live with, that's right? 40 miles an, that's 40 miles an hour. Completely uh it's a golf cart, right? Like as as was the other robot we discussed earlier. This is not a robot. This did you car. really go to the Tokyo Motor Show or did you go to a secret <laughs> golf cart show that they just didn't want to tell you was the golf cart show? Okay, so now the interesting thing is that Toyota has been... Did this show made... take place on a golf course? No, it didn't. Okay. Um, the interesting thing is that Toyota uh, has been spending a lot of time over the past few years focusing on hybrid electric vehicles and not full EVs. So for them to start making these battery electric uh, vehicles is a bit of a shift for them. But what they really intend um, their future to be is not just cars, but they want to, maybe you've heard this before, but automakers don't want to make just cars anymore. They want to be mobility companies. You've heard Uh, this before? Yeah, I I might have heard it a few hundred thousand times. (laughs) From companies that probably don't even exist anymore. So Toyota wants to do that by uh, changing everything. They want to really uh, not just make cars. They want to make cars for different situations, including something that they call walking area EVs, which are basically like scooters and wheelchairs. So now we're going to take areas where humans walk and we're going to fill them with potentially robotic electric vehicles. Yeah, kind of. Including one that like attaches to um, a normal wheelchair that we know and will give somebody who who rides on a wheelchair um, a little bit more – freedom and speed on their wheelchair, which is kind of neat. Especially if they're fleeing the chasing robot. Yeah. So let's get to the real cars. They also showed us the brand new Toyota Mirai. They call it a concept, but then a lot of people kind of like winked and nodded and like touched their nose and like yanked their earlobe to like let us know that this isn't really a concept. <laughs> and then a robot the coughed. Like, <laughs> like, like it, was, it was like that, but like a metallic clank. <laughs> well, yes. So the new... Um, Toyota Mirai. You and I both know the Mirai as one of the, um, I'm going to come out and say it, ugliest vehicles on the road, bar none. Right? It has some it's, astonishing styling. <laughs> astonishing styling. It's gnarly. It's not pretty inside and out. And I think Toyota has heard that criticism more than once and decided to change the look of their new uh, Mirai. And um, it looks really good. It looks very much like uh, maybe like a Lexus meets a Camry. Um, it looks really, really good. I think um, they should make a pickup version and call it the Carry Edition. <laughs> Is this back to your robot? 
No, I think a Mariah Carey would sell very oh, well. Oh, I hear you. Oh, man. I've never had a – such a good joke have to be explained to me. <laughs> we should cut all this and redo it. Uh, we don't have time. Um, so there – first of all, it looks really good. It comes in this very exclusive shade of blue, which they say will come to the production card as well. Very coupe-like if you believe in that kind of term now, if that has any meaning to you anymore, uh, which is to say it has that swept back um, styling. It also has uh, – 30% more range than before. So I would say that, um, oh shoot, I had my range numbers before. <sighs> ben, do you, do you I, think, I would, yes. Do you think that the coupe like styling is enough to make the 19 existing Mariah owners trade in for a new one? Oh, for sure. 100%. Okay. Uh, I don't even know if Mariah owners are a thing. Um, I think so. Okay. So currently 312 miles. If we include that, if we include that by, 30%, we can see an increase to maybe even 40, uh, 400 miles, which would be pretty uh, impressive. On a full I'm, tank, I'm, Ben? I'm super impressed. And it is enough to outrun the chasing robot. So uh, when does this go on sale? Uh, like I said, it's not yet a production vehicle, but they think uh, by the end of next year we should be seeing it. I think so. Let me see. Actually, let me get my notes to make sure I'm not spreading any lies. <laughs> That or is, else the robots will come and get me. No, they they have they have other things. They have bigger fish to fry before they get to our podcast. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> um, and then we witnessed the debut of a brand new Lexus concept. It's called the uh, LF30 concept. Uh, thirty means their thirty-year milestone. This is a very weird-looking crossover, and. What can I say about it? It's an it's an all electric car, which is pretty cool. I think again, once again, it's it's so it's just very different to see Toyota wanting to make electric vehicles rather than hybrids and focusing on that. Well, they're focusing on it in a sense, but I mean, these are all still concepts, right? It's not like aside from the Mariah, we're, we're not necessarily talking about their upcoming um, their upcoming fleet. I mean, this isn't this isn't on okay. the verge of being released. So here's what they told me at the Tokyo Motor Show, that they are bringing a battery-dependent vehicle uh, as soon as 2020. They are going to have an electrified version of uh, each of their vehicles by 2025. Does that mean 48 volt or does that mean hybrid? It can mean – I mean they didn't really get into too much detail, but they said um, hybrid or battery a battery powered version of the of the vehicle because we know a lot of european automakers are moving to the 48 volt electrical system away from the 12 volt and, and that allows them call to call it that electrified yeah. yeah because it allows them to be more aggressive when it comes to start stop and uh they can have it, it's it's in some ways similar to how a hybrid operates but it's much much more efficient for them in terms of managing the, the electrical system of a vehicle that's that's the big appeal right so the LF30, it looks like uh, the Lexus. You know your favorite part of all Lexus is the grill? No, my favorite it part of like... all Lexuses is the touchpad inside the Lexus. <laughs> so two great things to talk about. The the insane grill that all Lexuses have has been now applied to the majority of the shape of the vehicle. And now it looks like that on on wheels. Yeah, I'm looking at this right now. This is never going to production. <laughs> It's insane looking, First of right? all, a bird could fly into these air intakes. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe a toddler. I mean, they are pretty big. Um, and then th- they've uh, replaced the remote touch in this concept car with um, your a next favorite. 
a yep. system, a robotic hand that just slaps you in the face when you think about changing uh, radio stations? Because that's how I feel oh. <laughs> when I try I, to use remote touch. I, as I understand it, there's uh, each of the windows has like uh, augmented reality displays on it or augmented displays on it or heads up displays. And it uses a gesture control based system to operate, which is your next favorite way of controlling. So this is basically a black mirror nightmare car. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But here's the good news. It goes zero to 100 kilometers an hour in 3.8 seconds. It has a top speed of 200 kilometers an hour. It manages a range of 500 kilometers, again, about 300 miles. And it has wireless charging. So there's all of that. It also uh, debuts, I think, the official name for Lexus's upcoming autonomous um, driving mode. It's going to be called, you're going to love this, Lexus Team Mate. Isn't that a good name? <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. It's better than Autopilot, right? It's definitely nothing like Autopilot. <laughs> now, I don't know what this means, but they said that the, the, car, the Team Mate will have two modes. Chauffeur mode, which I think I understand, and... I don't know what this means, man. Guardian mode? Whoa. <laughs> That's uh, – tell me more about guardian mode. I don't know anything about it. I don't know anything about it. Uh, I don't know what that means. Additionally, the Lexus LF30 has a, a tiny little drone that flies around and can pick up uh, groceries and your cargo and bring it to the car. So it has good grip then. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, another thing we can like about uh, we can probably see into a concept. I mean, a production vehicle is the interior of the vehicle, not all those wild head-up displays, but just the materials and the layout um, and the and the design. I think you and I have talked about Lexus designs, interior designs are actually very, very good. I don't think they get enough credit in our industry for just the way they make materials really stand out. And I can see this car's interior, which features. Um, you're going to love this. I love this. Like I absolutely love this. Charred cedar material. What do you think of that? I think it sounds like something I would see on a menu for like artisanal gin. <laughs> yeah, okay. What about recycled metal in the pleated door trim? I like that. Is it sharp? Like is it every <laughs> – no, hear me out. Is every door trim different? Like is it a bespoke recycled? Yeah, recycled. Because yeah, that would be cool. Be so cool, yeah. I would be into that. That's luxury. So you'd be like, this is my unique car. It was recycled from a wheelchair. Um, wow, that's very specific. I don't think they'll give you that level of detail. It was Why recycled not? from Bee Gees records. Um, I looked up Guardian <laughs> Mode, by the way. Yes. It's intended to amplify human skills. So I. Whoa! So in my mind, that's like, you know that suit in Aliens that Sigourney Weaver yeah. wore to beat up the queen? The alien the queen? The exosuit, yeah. It's, that's what I think when I hear enha- enhance human abilities, amplify human abilities. But for Toyota, yeah. I think it just means like probably a louder chime for la- lane keeping <laughs> and blind spot <laughs> monitoring. Um. I was. Uh, I do think that's a. It's a very interesting design for. Well, maybe not interesting. It is unique. I don't know if I see many um, concept cars looking like this one, but uh, Lexus thinks that they have something coming out um, with this, with some of the, the 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 ideas presented in this car. I can see them bringing to market an electric vehicle that has that three hundred ish miles of range. I think they know that their clients or their buyers can probably afford whatever that demands and the rest of its competitors are doing stuff like that i mean the eqc for example from mercedes or the audi e-tron have uh there's clearly space in the segment for electric crossovers yeah i saw an e-tron just last night and what do you think 
I mean, I've driven it. I drove it last year in in Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, but, but now uh, with like just seeing it on the street, I mean, it look, it blends in. The only really way you know it's an e-tron, it was at night, is is the uh, the side badging. You know, it, okay, it, it does fit in with what you'd expect. There's another thing that I want to talk to you before we we transition off this topic. Toyota has um, in the past at CES built a car called the Concept I, and if you remember this, this was at the 2017 CES or the Consumer Electronics Show, and this was a car that they said had an artificial intelligence. Do, do you remember? Does this make sense? Does this bring any bells? No, you're gonna have to. You have to go deeper. Um, it was meant this AI was supposed to learn from the driver and deliver a personalized experience. Okay, and could it learn okay. to feel pain and joy and so and what it's like to hold a human baby prior to prior to converting it into an energy source? I don't think the original this concept I could uh, had that capacity, but the new concept, which is called the LQ has a artificial intelligence, it's called UE, and it's meant to, it, it is, it's meant to um, strengthen the bond between the car and the driver. So, not like that guardian mode. What they envision it doing is getting to know you, asking you questions. Wait, uh, asking want, me questions? Yeah, wanting to know what you enjoy in life and how things are during your day. Um, so and, it can have eventual leverage against you, right? Kind of. And they suggested that, you know, if you're driving at night and you're getting a little tired and the car can sense that you're getting tired, it'll stir up a conversation on one of your on one of your favorite topics. Let's say you like uh, your favorite local sports team and it'll start talking to you about that so that you'll be a little bit more awake, a little bit more engaged. You'll want to um, keep talking with it and stay, um, I guess, awake and engaged. So how deep is this AI that it can like (laughs) – no, but I'm serious that it – you know, I can get – it asks me a question, what is your favorite local sports team? And then you say uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and it says Carolina Burra Trains. And you're like, no, Carolina Hurricanes. It's like Carolina Burra Trains. And then you just say, oh, forget it. And it's like, forget it. And then, like, it, it, it keeps that information inside of it. Is it like a brain. month later? Yeah. No, but, but then how does it engage you in conversation about it? How is it like, so how about those Burra Trains? <laughs> Do you think their sports goal will extend to supremacy over the rest of the league? And then you're like, I don't know how to answer that question. Like, how does it? What, what do you talk about with a robot? I guess is where I'm going with this. Well, I suppose the robot is ever connected to the internet and probably can um, understand what team you're talking about and can probably figure out what news stories revolving that team or can tell you, um, you know, the rumors. Who knows? Maybe it's connected to uh, the subreddit where people share all sorts of weird stats and stuff like that. So um, maybe that's what that's what the car will will pull all of its information from, you know? So the car could Remember be like a, we... a very expensive subreddit interface is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, Does that mean people can comment your on your driving? <laughs> like is, yes. this, is this yet another way for the internet to ruin something? <laughs> uh, or cars to ruin the internet, of course. I think that would be um, – first of all, I'm really weird by it. I'm weirded out by it because if they like – recognize patterns you know like i'm always asking about you know i'm a raptor i'm a toronto raptors fan so i'm always asking about uh when their next game is whether it's at home how much tickets are i'm sure it'll get like really it'll like empower me to buy tickets almost every week like and be one like, day you're gonna come out and there's just gonna be someone sitting in your car and you'll be like who is this it'll be like it is a scalper he had a deal he is your prisoner 
And then you negotiate how much you're going to pay for that ticket to let him out of your crazy robot um, yeah. nine and a half weeks slash what's what's that movie? Not the where, where no, I, uh, why can't I remember where they're obsessed with um, Michael Douglas? The game? <laughs> yeah, no, the game is the movie where they hunt down Ice T. Oh, that's <laughs> in Alaska. Right. Uh, anyway, it's a movie where he has an affair and she becomes obsessed and she tries to kill him and take over his life. Anyway, whatever. Okay. Terrible reference. That spoiler alert. We're just, yes, for the spoiler alert for a 35-year-old movie that we can't remember the name of. <laughs> anyway. I also love the idea that you would be like, ha remember Yui, remember when we kidnapped that guy? And it would like show no, up. No, 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 no. Here's, here's how that happens. You're driving at night. <laughs> And you yeah, was like, fault. you seem sleepy. Would you like to reminisce about our kidnapping adventure? And then you, he's like, his heart was beating so fast. I know I have sensor data. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this Moto, is a Tokyo good. Tokyo Motor Show seems to have a lot going on. I'm just saying. It was, like, it was impressive. Um, Toyota's booth at the Toyota, uh, at the Tokyo Motor Show had zero cars. None whatsoever at all. That seems like maybe a miscommunication. <laughs> what they had was a a broomstick? What? Wait. Yeah, was a it, broomstick. Was it for Quidditch? God, maybe. I'll try to find you a photo and we can, maybe we can share links to this. But basically they would say people would put on these roller skates. They would hold the broomstick between their legs and there's a wheel on one end of the broomstick that would uh, propel the person and their, and their roller skates around. Um, so that you could get the impression that you're, uh, piloting a broom, flying a broomstick, which I guess is, uh, appropriate considering the Tokyo Motor Show happens very close to Halloween. You know, what's fascinating is someone was paid to come up with that idea. And then someone else, someone else who got into Toyota and was like super excited. Oh, I'm going to be working on cars. I'm going to be making a difference. And then they were like, Hey, uh, so the next six months of your life, you're going to be making this broomstick thing. And you're like, Oh man. (laughs) All that engineering degree. But you just suck it up because, you know, this is your big break. This is your chance to, to make a difference. And then it turns out that, no, it's uh, just like every other part of your life. It's something that di- you didn't expect and that is ultimately disappointing. Um, it's it's just weird that that's what they wanted to show at their booth instead of any of the weird, crazy ideas and robots that they had. I'm looking at this broomstick right now, a picture of this broomstick, and it looks more like a weapon that would have been used in the Aquaman movie. <laughs> It looks, what is the top part with this, like, there's a logo or a cat on the top of it? It's really hard to tell, but the bottom looks like a fish's fin, like turquoise to purple. It fades out, and it's all serrated. Like, you could really mess up Dolph Lundgren's face with this thing if you wanted to. It, it really does look like a scimitar in fish form. Yeah, just, yeah. I, I, you know, I went, to, I went to the Tokyo Motor Show two years ago, and one yeah. of the things... You I always like, have to one-up me. Well, joking. I don't think so because I wasn't invited this year, so I think it's clear whose career is on the ascendancy. Oh. But uh, the thing that the couple of things really struck me about the show, I mean, aside from the robot content, was the just how small the show is, and and that's not a negative thing. It just felt very manageable. There wasn't a huge sprawl. You could get to see everything you wanted to see pretty easily. But the other thing that got to me was all the cool cars that are there that we don't get. Mm-hmm. And specifically, the ones that stood out were, for me, the little cubes, like the mm-hmm. sub-sub-compact vans and pickups and and uh, little, I guess, MPVs. And there's mm-hmm. – from Daihatsu and companies like that. They're so cool. Was there anything like that this year? Did, did Toyota let you look at any cars at all that weren't 
Toyota branded? Toyota or robots? Yeah. Um, it was it was tough. I had to escape, and I tried to look at. I de- I I don't. I do know what you're talking about. These really um, interesting sh- like b- formats of cars that we just don't get, and or we might not get. For example, you know the Honda Fit. There's they showed off a brand new Honda Fit at the Tokyo Motor Show, and there's still no confirmation that it would come to North America, which I think is a bit of a a missed opportunity for for Honda for, because the Honda Fit is. It's a very good car. I think it's critically um, lauded for or lauded, lauded. What's the best word I should use here? It's very. It's received like a lot it. of critical praise. People like it for its um, just how good it can be as a small, cheap vehicle. And so this new one, style-wise, it looks a little goofy, but um, it's it could it's a hybrid here in Japan, and. It could it could work. I don't understand why we're why we wouldn't have this thing again. Did they have a and, robot at the Honda stand where like every time a non Japanese market journalist tried to take a photo of the the new fit, it just slapped the camera out of your hand? Yeah, and then they would tell us to call it the Jazz if we we're gonna if we were from Europe. Yeah. <laughs> so and then we also saw a brand new Mazda MX thirty, which is the brand's first uh, electric vehicle. And this has a very interesting um, concept to it. I say interesting a lot. Somebody pointed that out to me recently, and I'll. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay. So what is different about it is that it has just a thirty-five point five kilowatt hour lithium ion battery, which isn't that, which really isn't that impressive for a battery, right? That's like what you'd find in like the current iPhone, right? <laughs> yeah, essentially, or your your ThinkPad, but. What they will have is a rotary engine, um, what's it called? Uh, range extender. So yes. that's what you want, right? This is this is not surprising to me whatsoever. Remember, I will say it. The, when I went to the uh, Tokyo Motor Show, I said two years ago, right? It was actually yeah. four years ago, Sammy, because oh this God. show happens every two years. So if you miss it, as I did this year, you don't get another chance for quite a while. But it was right when they released the RX Vision Okay. Concept yeah. and everyone was like, "Oh, they're going to make a rotary sports car." No, they were never going to do that. I mean, in a modern context, a rotary engine makes way more sense as a range extender because uh, emissions for daily driving it just doesn't work. It uses too much gas, and it's it's not it doesn't fit into the modern landscape of drivetrains. But for steady state operation. It's small enough that you can put it almost anywhere in a vehicle platform, and that makes it – it gives it a huge advantage over a piston engine for generating electricity and charging a battery. So in my mind, there was never any question that we would get a rotary engine. It just seems like the application – we have to divorce ourselves from the romanticism of the RX-7 and the and I guess to a lesser extent the RX-8 and just like think about a new application for this motor. Okay, first of all, I think the RX-8 is a totally neat car. Um, and this car has a throwback to the RX-8, which is its weird rear-hinged uh, rear doors. Why are those weird? It's just unique for a for a coupe on the on the RX-8, and they're like half doors, right? They're not quite very large. You don't <laughs> think that's weird? I I mean, I think it's weird to put it on an SUV. Where yeah, you well, the they did that. Uh, additionally, Mazda thinks that maybe you can change the fuel source for these rotaries, and maybe they can run on other um, types of fuel. Although, oh, like what kinds of fuel? Like easily found fuels, like kerosene and peanut oil. Like what are we talking about? Maybe. I mean, uh, I think they suggested hydrogen, but I'm not too sure about that. But you know, but... hydrogen comes out of my tap at home, so that's convenient. There you go. Um, and then I believe Nissan showed um, a new vehicle as well. I think it's a concept, some electric car concepts, and they're just that 
they're just that size, that's that square space that you love um, and would probably love to see here in uh, North America. I think those are tons of fun. I, I just think little square cars are neat. And I understand why we don't get them here because they're not necessarily appropriate for our infrastructure. But uh, they have a, a cool style all their own. And maybe I think that because I don't see them every day. Who knows? Mm-hmm. There's one really interesting – one that really caught my eye. This is, the, this is the concept car that blew my mind and I don't know why um, it exists. But it's called the Mitsubishi MyTech, which is the coolest looking – it was probably the coolest concept of the auto show. First of all, it's um, a really rugged looking SUV. It's a coupe as if it's got only seats for two. It has no roof. It has no doors. And it's a huge looking off-road uh, vehicle which uses a gas turbine hybrid uh, powertrain. It looks exactly like what I'd expect from a video game. Where like it looks so cool, where you have to jump in and out all the time, and you're carrying a huge weapon of some kind. Those those wheels and tires are something else too. <laughs> this is what I wanted to see at the Tokyo Motor Show, and I'm very happy that I got to see something as out there and creative um, as the Mitsubishi MyTech. I, I it seriously, people, if you haven't. Uh, seen or heard this on your regular cycle because I guess maybe some people um, don't follow Mitsubishi that much. The MyTech is something that is totally right up um, my alley. Kind of a, an aside on turbines because this vehicle is, uh, you said it, it, it provides turbine power. That's that's how it was designed. Mm. Hybrid electric powertrain, but instead of a piston engine, has a gas turbine as a generator. Um, I, I recently did a feature for Driving Line on turbine cars and they were pretty the car companies were really interested in them at the end of the 40s in the in the mid 50s and uh on in in England the the main um i guess engineering team that was going after the idea of a turbine car was uh oh the name is escaping me right now uh rover and they've actually built a few of them based on their experience building jet turbines for the war and then Chrysler got into it around the, the same time uh but the, the Chrysler made i want to say not sure exactly how many, more than 50 turbine cars that they lent out in the 60s to about three, 400 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that might be way too many. I, I can't remember exactly. Anyway, they lent them out on three-month loans, and they asked people, hey, could you beta test this car for us and let us know? And uh, the car idled at like 26,000 RPM. <laughs> okay, what? And then it would uh, redline it like... What sounded like? It sounded like a jet engine. That's that's basically what it was. But instead of using the exhaust to generate thrust, it was mechanically linked to the drivetrain. So mm-hmm. um, it's it it's interesting because a turbine can burn anything as fuel. It doesn't matter what it is because right. there's no it, – it just – you have one turbine at the front that – So it can be gas. It can be – It can be alcohol. It oh. can be anything. It can be vegetable. It can be evidence. It can be evidence. It could be right. It could be coal, clean coal. Um but uh, they, they use one turbine at the front to compress air, and then that shoots the air into the second turbine, which combines with the fuel, and then you spin that turbine. And um, anyway, the vehicles were kind of a mixed bag because they were reasonably quick. They had 130 horsepower and 400 and something pound feet of torque. And if you break you in, the, in the 50s and 40s, right? Well, this was the six. This is 63. No, 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 sorry, the 60s. Um, when you brake boost the car up to 50,000 RPM and let it go. That's the best way to, to get a turbine car to accelerate quickly. <laughs> if you just drive it normally like a normal car, it's super – yeah, I, I mean it, it, it sounds like <laughs> – but like if you drive it like a normal car, it feels really laggy. 
Right. So people complained about that. They also complained about the fact that it consumed fuel at a rate eight times that of like a standard <laughs> piston engine, which wasn't a huge deal in the 60s. But uh, as time went on, it became increasingly a problem. And it also generated a certain type of emissions that uh, the EPA frowned upon. The EPA was about to come out. The Clean Air Act was about to happen at the end of the 60s. And Chrysler was like, we, we, there's no way we can meet this. So they, they kind of put it away. And then at the end of the 70s, this is something I didn't know. I'd known about the Chrysler turbine car. It's a very cool looking car. But at the end of the 70s, they were going to release a version of the New Yorker with a turbine engine. And they'd figured out how to use regenerators to improve fuel mileage of something like 22 miles per gallon, which is pretty good for 1979. And right. they, they planned to release it in like 81. And everything was ready to go. The tooling was ready. They had the the concepts were done. And then Chrysler went bankrupt. Oh. Yeah. As usual. (laughs) (laughs) And part of their government assistance package for getting back on their feet, the bailout that they got in the early 80s, was they were not allowed to research turbine cars anymore. They had to walk away from turbine cars because the government was like, this is ridiculous pie-in-the-sky technology that no one wants. So that's why we don't have cool turbine cars, not even at the Tokyo Motor Show, Sammy. How interesting. Um, It is so crazy to think that they they could have been this close to changing um, the way we – well, the way we use cars today and – Obviously, they sunk all their resources into it, and it didn't work out. Can you imagine being on Craigslist in this alternate future, and an eighty-one turbine-powered New Yorker comes up, and you're you're expect it's just such a different way. Like you look at old rotary engines, and they're scary. I mean, turbines have twenty percent of the parts of an internal combustion engine, a standard uh, reciprocating engine like a like a piston engine. They're super simple. But it's just a different skill set to maintain them, yeah. I think, even though they're very reliable. It's, it would be a totally different dimension of automotive um, automotive enthusiasm, I think. I mean, beyond the enthusiasm, can you imagine one of the – again, did this new New Yorker version of the car, uh, of the turbine-powered vehicle, did it, it still have that massive RPM, like, idle? I'm assuming it would have to. I mean, that's just how, so that's you just how turbines work. So you would hear these cars in a completely – it would be bizarre – Right? It would be like hearing an airplane on the road. What I hope would be included too would be like a uh, an automatic brake boost feature where like yeah. when you slam the gas and hit the brake for like a second just to build revs and then just yeah. dumps it. <laughs> that would be amazing. That but would be great. Sammy, just to wrap things up, is there anything else at the Tokyo Motor Show that you think people would be interested in? Oh, yeah, of course. There's all sorts of uh, crazy things that are happening um, at the Tokyo Motor Show and for the 2020 Olympics happening next year. One of which is Toyota's like it's a it's a bus essentially that they're going to use to shuttle their athletes from the athlete villages to the events. So it's a completely autonomous bus, and they've also reworked it so that it will work with uh, when the Paralympic Games start. It'll hold. It'll be able to hold a, a good number of people in wheelchairs as well. So now you'll be able to witness all of these. Um, athletes getting ferried away at some bizarre future technology that you've never seen before next year. Okay. Um, What do you think? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, that's 100% my thing. Autonomous buses. I mean, (laughs) they also, they, they will also have some form of like autonomous vehicle at the front of, of like races or marathons. So you'll see all these people chasing this robot. So the robots finally – the tables are turned is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. So it's kind of like the little rabbit in a in a dog race. 
Yeah. Like, where they have a little mechanical, except in this case, it, it was programmed to feel pain and joy <laughs> at the same time. Okay, yes. Uh, anything you want to add to this week's episode? No, I've been fascinated by this Tokyo Motor Show talk, but I, I would like to let people know how they can listen to past episodes if they want to hear more stuff that's maybe not as robot-oriented because contractually, you know, we do have to mention robots once every quarter. Um, but if you want to hear about cars, more about cars and less about autonomy, we have episodes about that too. UnnamedAutomotivePodcast.com is the place to go. You will find all of our past episodes there. You will find links to pretty much every podcatcher out there. If you don't feel like going to our website, you can find us at Google Play Music. You can find us at on iTunes, Stitcher Radio. I don't know if we're on Stitcher Radio. We're on a lot of them. We're, we're on, on Spotify. Spotify we're on Spotify, CastBox. Yeah, everybody. So take a look for us there. And um, you can leave us some feedback there too if you want, Sammy, can't you? Yeah, there's a contact form there. Uh, just click on the, the button that says contact and you'll be able to fill out the details and it'll go right into our inboxes. If you don't want to jump through those hoops, you can, you can just punch in the following email address, Benjamin at BenjaminHunting.com. And, uh, once you do that, you, we'll, we'll, we will get that email. Um, and we, we always love hearing, hearing from our listeners. Another way to get in touch with us is on social media. You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Sammy underscore ha, like you're laughing. That's an H and an A. You can find Ben. He's on the rose-colored world of rose-tinted world of Instagram. He's at Hunting Benjamin. And uh, Sammy, what are you going to be talking about next week on the podcast? I will have a Honda Clarity PHEV. Oh wow! And yes. uh, aren't you? Aren't and you no going robots s- are going to be plugging that in. Aren't you going somewhere interesting? Uh, yeah, I've, I, I'll be checking out uh, Infinity's 30-year anniversary as well as a BMW uh, full-line drive of all of their brand-new products. So I've got lots of stuff to talk about for the next few weeks, so we'll, we'll, talk, we'll try to coordinate and make sure we don't bore people with all of the same stuff all the time because I know sometimes we have the same cars. Wow. Ben, what are you driving? Interesting confession. Um, I'm going to Austin, Texas for the Formula One race where I'll be hanging out with the Red Bull team and I'll also be driving the Aston Martin Vanquish. Amazing. So I am actually, sorry, not the Vanquish, the Vantage. And uh, that'll be an interesting weekend. Very cool. This is the first, is it the first time you've driven a Aston Martin? No, it is not. Or a Vantage or a, vantage, any, a modern yeah. one? Advantage. Okay, very a cool. modern one. What do you think? You think I have a garage filled with vintage Aston Martins that that I've been hiding from you? <laughs> yeah, honestly, yes, I do think that. Um, well, you so, know, tr- trust is something that's earned, Sammy. So just think about that until next week. And for the rest of you, uh, you don't have to take that lesson to heart. But we hope to have you back in our audience uh, next week as well. Take care, everybody, and thanks for listening.